You can get this full audiobook for free on Amazon, by clicking on the link in the description. Is brought to you, by the book guide. It was a dark and stormy night. In her attic bedroom, Margaret Murray, wrapped in an old patchwork quilt, sat on the foot of her bed and watched the trees tossing in the frenzied lashing of the wind. Behind the trees, clouds scudded frantically across the sky. Every few moments, the moon ripped through them, creating wraith-like shadows that raced along the ground. The house shook. Wrapped in her quilt, Meg shook. She wasn't usually afraid of weather. It's not just the weather, she thought. It's the weather on top of everything else, on top of me, on top of Meg Murray doing everything wrong. School. School was all wrong. She'd been dropped down to the lowest section in her grade. That morning, one of her teachers had said crossly, Really, Meg, I don't understand how a child with parents as brilliant as yours are supposed to be can be such a poor student. If you don't manage to do a little better, you'll have to stay back next year. During lunch, she'd roughhoused a little to try to make herself feel better, and one of the girls said scornfully, After all, Meg, we aren't grammar school kids anymore. Why do you always act like such a baby? And on the way home from school, walking up the road with her arms full of books, one of the boys had said something about her dumb baby brother. At this, she'd thrown the books on the side of the road and tackled him with every ounce of strength she had and arrived home with her blouse torn and a big bruise under one eye. Sandy and Dennis her 10-year-old twin brothers, who got home from school an hour earlier than she did, were disgusted. Let us do the fighting when it's necessary, they told her. A delinquent. That's what I am, she thought grimly. That's what they'll be saying next. Not mother, but them. Everybody else. I wish father... But it was still not possible to think about her father without the danger of tears. Only her mother could talk about him in a natural way, saying, when your father gets back. Gets back from where? And when? Surely her mother must know what people were saying, must be aware of the smugly, vicious gossip. Surely it must hurt her as it did Meg. But if it did, she gave no outward sign. Nothing ruffled the serenity of her expression. Why can't I hide it too, Meg thought. Why do I always have to show everything? The window rattled madly in the wind, and she pulled the quilt close about her. Curled up on one of her pillows, a gray fluff of kitten yawned, showing its pink tongue, tucked its head under again, and went back to sleep. Everybody was asleep, everybody except Meg. Even Charles Wallace, the dumb baby brother, who had an uncanny way of knowing when she was awake and unhappy, and who would come so many nights, tiptoeing up the attic stairs to her. Even Charles Wallace was asleep. How could they sleep? All day on the radio there had been hurricane warnings. How could they leave her up in the attic in the rickety brass bed, knowing that the roof might be blown right off the house, and she tossed out into the wild night sky to land who knows where? Her shivering grew uncontrollable. You ask to have the attic bedroom, she told herself savagely. Mother lets you have it because you're the oldest, 
It's a privilege, not a punishment. Not during a hurricane, it isn't a privilege, she said aloud. She tossed the quilt down on the foot of the bed and stood up. The kitten stretched luxuriously and looked up at her with huge, innocent eyes. Go back to sleep, Meg said. Just be glad you're a kitten and not a monster like me. She looked at herself in the wardrobe mirror and made a horrible face, bearing a mouthful of teeth covered with braces. Automatically, she pushed her glasses into position, ran her fingers through her mouse-brown hair so that it stood wildly on end, and let out a sigh almost as noisy as the wind. The wide wooden floorboards were cold against her feet. Wind blew in the crevices about the window frame, in spite of the protection the storm sash was supposed to offer. She could hear wind howling in the chimneys. From all the way downstairs, she could hear Fortinbras, the big black dog, starting to bark. He must be frightened, too. What was he barking at? Fortinbras never barked without reason. Suddenly she remembered that when she had gone to the post office to pick up the mail, she'd heard about a tramp who was supposed to have stolen 12 sheets from Mrs. Buncombe, the constable's wife. They hadn't caught him, and maybe he was heading for the Murray's house right now, isolated on a back road as it was, and this time maybe he'd be after more than sheets. Meg hadn't paid much attention to the talk about the tramp at the time, because the postmistress, with a sugary smile, had asked if she'd heard from her father lately.